Well, today we will be in the second part of the series on trending. When Kyle asked me a few weeks ago uh, if I wanted to preach one of the messages, I said, sure. And I said, show me what the topics are. And uh, so when he showed me those topics, I thought, well, maybe, maybe I'm ready to preach one of those. But uh, I want to just encourage you, don't miss a single service during this series. You will be blessed. And I believe that God will use this series of messages to speak to your heart in a powerful way. Well, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, I thank you, Lord, for this day. I thank you, Lord, for those who are here today, the, the veterans and the families and, and for the guests that are here today. Father, I pray that you will speak to our hearts, Lord, and that as we leave this place in a few moments, Lord, that we know that we have been in your presence. So, Father, we just honor you with these words today, and Father, may they bring glory and honor to your holy name. I want to ask you a question as we begin part two of this series. What are you unwilling to give up so that people may hear about the Lord, so that people can hear about the love and the mercy and the grace and the forgiveness of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ? What are you holding on to this morning that could affect someone's spiritual destiny? What excuses are you making this morning that could prevent someone from hearing about the love of Christ? You might say, well, Dale, there is nothing that I wouldn't give up. I would give up everything so that my children and my grandchildren could come to know Jesus Christ. I would give up my own life if, it, if that were the case, so that my family could come to know Christ. But what about, let me ask you this, but what about those who live just down the street from you? What about those who live on the other side of town from where you live? What about those who you work with and you see on a day-by-day -day basis? Young people, what about those students who you see at school that you know that are not Christians? You know, in the United States, I'm not so sure how much we sacrifice for the kingdom of God. You know, we will serve a couple of hours a week or whatever that might be, or, or we'll put some money in the offering plate and, and think that we've made a great sacrifice. I heard a testimony of a young lady not long ago who had gave her heart and her life to Jesus Christ. And when she did that, there was a death threat made upon her life. And you know who made that threat? It was her own family. They thought that it would be better that she would uh, be dead instead of alive if she was a Christian. I want us to look at Luke chapter 9, verse 57 through 62 today. In this passage of Scripture, we see that Jesus makes several demands on those who want to follow him. But before we look at this passage of Scripture, I want us to look at the first part of chapter 9. And let's see what's going on in, in the life and the ministry of Jesus. We see in the first part of this chapter that Jesus commissions and he sends out the 12. 
We also see in this passage of Scripture the miracle of the feeding of the 5,000. There were at least 5,000 people that Jesus fed on that day. In verse 18, we see that uh, Jesus asked, who do people say that I am? And, he, and Peter's response was that, to that was, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And we see also in this first part of chapter 9 that Jesus announces his death and his resurrection. And Jesus asked the question, if anyone wants to follow me, he must take up his cross and follow me daily. Not only that, but we see a miracle where there was a demon-possessed boy. And uh, the father was desperate for the boy to be, uh, to be healed. And we see Jesus do that as he cast out the demons in that young boy. And in verse 46, we see that there's a couple of guys that were arguing over who is the greatest. Who is the greatest? And Jesus takes the little child, and, and what an illustration, what an example Jesus makes for us today. I think there's a great teaching in this, just this one instance you know, I believe that some of those who are, are, are just uh, pouring their hearts and their lives out and uh, serving the Lord, I believe that, that those are, are some of the greatest folks. These folks don't ask for any attention or any recognition, but they are faithfully serving the Lord day in and day out. Now in verse 51 and following through chapter 19, verse 27, we see that Jesus is on the road to Jerusalem. Everything from verse 51, we see that uh, is his destiny in life. This was a turning point in the life of Jesus. Verse 51, Jesus decides that it is time, the time has come for me to go to Jerusalem and he was totally aware of the consequences of that fateful decision. From this point to the cross, Jesus was instructing his disciples on what they were to do after his death. Let's look at chapter 9, verse 57 through 62. We see three people who wanted to follow Jesus on the journey to Jerusalem. There are three examples of what Jesus requires of those who want to follow him. In one way or another, I believe these three people, they wanted to follow Jesus, but they also wanted the guarantee that uh, they would live a comfortable life, that they would be secure, and that they would have all of their needs met. You know, I believe that our desire for comfort and security often hinders our obedience to doing the will of God. You know, at this time in the life and ministry of Jesus, huge crowds of people were following him. They wanted to see the miracles that Jesus was doing. So let's read Luke chapter 9, verse 57 through 62. As they were traveling on the road, someone said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, foxes have dens and birds of the sky have nests. But the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. And then he said to another, follow me. Lord, he said, 
first let me go and bury my father. But he told him, let the dead bury their own dead. You go and spread the news of the kingdom of God. And another said, also said, I will follow you, Lord. But first let me go and say goodbye to those at my house. But Jesus said to him, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. In this passage of Scripture, we see, number one, that there was a promise that was made. This first man was a scribe, a person who studied the law, and their aim was to preserve the law and to encourage others to keep the law as well, as we see in Matthew chapter 8, verse 19. This man was wanting to be a volunteer, and he made the Lord a very big promise in verse 57, I will follow you wherever you go. This man loved being in the presence of the Lord. He was drawn to the Lord because of, of the Lord's teachings and because of all of his wisdom. He's seen that the Lord was doing great things, and, and he wanted to be in his presence. He wanted to follow the Lord. And how many of us are the same? We see what God is doing, and, and we want to follow the Lord, right? To see those miracles, to see what Jesus was doing in the crowds. There is a hymn that uh, I remember singing as a little boy and, and as a young person and, and even as an adult. It goes like this, take up thy cross and follow me, I heard my master say. I gave my life to ransom thee, surrender your all today. It may be through the shadows dim or over the stormy sea. I take my cross and follow him wherever he leadeth me. I'll follow my Christ who loves me so. Wherever he leads, I'll go. Do you remember singing that song as a child or as, as an adult? I wonder if we truly meant the words that we were singing. I'll follow you wherever you lead me, Lord. This man was willing to go with Jesus until we see that he heard the cost. He had to deny himself, and possibly his custom, his lifestyle, was that of having a comfortable home and, and a safe place. And Jesus tells him in verse 58 that the den is a safe place for the foxes and the nest is a safe place for the birds. Foxes have dens and birds of the sky have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. There was no safe place for the Lord. And I'm sure that on that road to, to uh, Jerusalem, as you have read and as you have studied God's Word, you knew that that was not a safe place for Jesus. He was on that road that would lead him to the cross. And maybe he thought, maybe the man thought that this road that Jesus was on would lead him to success and to power. But the road that Jesus was on led him to the cross. The road that Jesus was on was lonely and it was hard. Sometimes ministry can be hard and it can be lonely. You know, you're 
at your job and, and maybe you're at a place where someone is, is being difficult and they know that you're a Christian and you're trying to be that witness to that person and they, they are difficult to work with. Or young people at school, they may, other students may know that you're a Christian and you're being bullied for following Christ. Sometimes following Christ can be difficult and hard. Secondly, we see the second man that there was no time to wait. In verses 59 through 60, Jesus uses the same words in verse 59 as he used when he called the disciples. He says, follow me. There was something special about this guy that caught the eye of Jesus, that uh, Jesus was calling him. The conversation may have went something like this. You know, Jesus, my dad is not doing very well, and uh, I would really like to go and, and be with him and, until, until he dies. And then, Jesus, I will follow you wherever I'll do. Lord, whatever you want me to do, I will do it. But just let me take care of my father. He was worried about his father's funeral. Funeral. The highest duty of the oldest son was to care for his aging father and to provide an honorable funeral for his father. There is some various thoughts about this situation. Some believe that the man's father had already died that he had already passed away. If this were the case, he wouldn't have been there where Jesus was at. He would be in the process of making those funeral arrangements. But some feel like the man had already died. The custom of that day, to prove the point, the custom of that day was when you had a loved one, when your father or mother or, or a relative had passed away, the custom of that day was that they were to be buried before the sunset. Some commentaries believe that the, that the man's uh, father was close to death and that he wanted to stay with his father just a, a little while longer. Maybe he wanted to receive the inheritance from his father's estate. Some believe that with the man being close to death, that he wanted to stay with his father just a, a little while longer. See, one of the customs of that day was that after a year from the death of a loved one, you would take those bones and, and you would move them to another location. And Jesus knew that. Jesus knew that the man's heart was not for him. And Jesus says in verse 50, let the dead bury their own dead. But you go and spread the good news. Jesus was simply implying that those who were spiritually dead, those who had not, did not have a relationship with Jesus Christ, those who did not follow Jesus Christ, those folks could go and bury their dead. The point that Jesus was making is that spreading the good news about the kingdom of God is so important and it couldn't wait. And that's the way it is today. The, the, the spreading of the Word of God is so important, folks, we can't wait. And sometimes we're tempted to put off doing something that God has called us to do. Sometimes we might say, 
well, Lord, I will do that, but, Lord, I, you know, I know they're needing volunteers, but, Lord, you know my busy schedule. Lord, when, when this time comes in my life, when things kind of slow down, when the kids are, are older, out of school, then I will serve you, Lord. We find all kinds of excuses for not serving the Lord. Jesus is not saying here that we should dishonor our parents. He makes that clear in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 2, that we are to honor our parents. The point is that there is nothing to come before our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. There is nothing that uh, we should love before him. The third, uh, the third person, he just simply wanted to go home and tell his family and his friends that he was leaving. Verse 61, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me go and say goodbye to those in my house. He wanted to follow Christ. He was willing, but there was, and there was something that touched his heart about Jesus. He wanted to follow him. But there was something that was more urgent. Listen at it. There was something more urgent than serving the Lord and following the Lord. There was something that he was holding on to. You know, maybe he just wanted to go and get the advice of his family and some of his friends. You know, maybe he just wanted to say, you know, I'm thinking about following this man named Jesus that's done all of these miracles and that has healed people. And, and I'm, I'm really thinking about, I want to follow him, but what do, you, what do you think, family? What do you think, friends? You know, I might not ever see you again. And the road that Jesus is on to Jerusalem, I mean, it, it could be dangerous. Maybe he was wanting to get the advice of his family. There was something that he was holding on to. You know, we see in this passage of Scripture that he couldn't serve the Lord because he was looking back. He was looking back at his past and his culture and the things that were going on in his life. Verse 62, Jesus uses the illustration of the farmer no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. The farmer, in order to make a straight furrow, he would look straight ahead and he would, he would place his gaze, he would look at something that was straight ahead, an object, and he would head toward that. My grandpa used to uh, tell me stories about when he was plying the field as, as a young boy and as a teenager and a, and a young man. My grandpa did not have the big tractors that they have today. All he had was one single plow and, and a team of horses or a team of donkeys, mules, and they would pull the plow, and, and he would tell me that to make the, the furrow straight, I would look straight ahead, and, and I would, I would uh, set my gaze on that, and I would make those horses or those donkeys go toward that. But there were times as he was plowing that, that he would hit a rock, and it would get him off the path, 
or there may be a stump, and he'd have to get the mules to go around the stump. But he would always keep his focus on what was ahead of him. Folks, in our life today, there are times that as we are following Jesus Christ, we are on that path of of serving him, that there are things, there are hard things that come into our life, just like the rocks as the farmer is plowing, and it tends to get us off track. And sometimes there's those stumps that, that that we move around, but we always need to keep our focus on Jesus Christ. When you're faced with a hard time, if you're tempted to get off the path of following Jesus Christ, you need to focus on him and follow him no matter what you're going through in your life. Jesus saw the man's heart was not totally for him. You know, I've known men and women just like you have known men and women who have given their hearts and their lives to Jesus Christ. And many of these, these folks have, have began to serve him, and, and they hit a hard part, a hard place in their life. Some things happened, some difficult days uh, happened in their lives. And now for many of them, they're no longer serving the Lord. Many of them, you know, they're still a part of God's kingdom, but they've gotten away from the Lord because they've experienced some of the hard times. I had a guy call me a little over a month ago, and he said, Dale, I am through I, I cannot preach anymore. I, I cannot serve at this church anymore. I am through. I am resigning next Sunday. I can't take it anymore. This man was in his early 60s. But then you also have people like Jenny Rafe's dad, who is, is over 80 years of age. He has been at the same church for over 50 years Not long ago, he had a a little uh, bump in the road, a big bump in the road, in fact, with his health. And and they just thought, sure, surely that he is going to resign and retire from the church. But he's preaching today. And many Sundays when you don't see Stan and Jenny here, they have made their way to Borger to listen to her dad preach. I believe God's going to call him home when he's preaching someday. And then our very own Jimmy Phillips that you know of, he's been in ministry for over uh, 70 years. When he came here to teach the Hallelujah class, um, he said, I'll take it for four weeks. That'll give us time to figure out what, what to do, you know, how, who to ask to teach that. And now he's been teaching it for several years. There are many volunteers uh, here today that you are faithfully serving the Lord. One of the hard days that I experienced not long ago was when Ardeth Jones came into the office and uh, she pulled out her keys and she put them on the desk, on Craig's desk, and she said, I can't do it anymore. My health is such that, that I can't do the things that I want to do and be effective at it. Ardeth still comes to church here, but, uh, but she, you know, she loved the Lord. She served the Lord faithfully. I walked by Jesse's office the other day, Jesse Solomon, and she didn't know I was there, but I was watching her as she was just working away, serving the Lord, doing the things that she loves to do. 
And young people, there's a lady here today. You call her the candy lady. And um, she, her, her real name is Rita Wright. <clears throat> and she gives out the candy every Sunday. You know how long she's been doing that? She's probably given candy to many of your parents. She's been doing this for over 20 years, faithfully serving the Lord. Yes, for all of these folks. <clears throat> it was so exciting today, uh, Grant. I walked over here in this hall, and I was looking at some of the young people that, that are serving. In 15, 20 years, whoever's standing up here is going to be saying that about this future generation. They are faithfully serving the Lord. Many of you, could I could mention your names, that are faithfully serving God today. There is a, a picture in the student suite that uh, I, I just love to walk through the building and see what's on the walls. But in the student suite, it says, I exist to demonstrate God's love to those around me. I exist, you exist, to demonstrate God's love to those around you. You know, in this passage of Scripture, as you see, Luke does not record the outcome of these conversations. And you know, I believe there's a reason in that. Because Jesus is wanting us to, to think about what are we unwilling to give so that others might come to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior? What are we holding on to? What excuses are we making to keep someone from hearing about Jesus Christ that could affect their eternal destiny? You know, if you've given your heart and your life to Jesus Christ, don't give up. You know, if you're following him and you're going through some tough times in your life today, don't give up following him. If you're serving the Lord in some position and you're just at the point of, of uh, just saying, I don't know if I can do it any longer, don't give up. Don't stop. Some of you have gone through some difficult days this last week and, and the last couple of months. You have had some tremendous struggles in your life. And, um, and you know, Mary Ann, bless her heart, she was in a terrible wreck the other night that when she rolled her car a couple of times. And there's others that are going through some health issues. Don't give up. Don't stop serving the Lord. When times get hard, when you're faced with some difficult decisions, don't stop. Don't stop following Christ. Don't be one of those who, who uh, when you can't feel God's presence, don't stop attending church. Come and allow people to pray for you and, and to love you and to care for you. You know, in closing, I told you that many of you, as I was, you know, wrapping up the message yesterday, looking over some things, God put a couple of scriptures on my heart for those who are going through some difficult days. And if you haven't gotten anything out of this message today, I hope that you'll take these two verses with you. 
Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 10 says, Do not grieve, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Sometimes we get so down and so low and we get so beat down that we lose the joy of our salvation, that we feel like, God, where are you in all of this? God will give you strength. Hold on to that verse. And then another life verse that's mine that God has used over and over and over in my life is, is Isaiah chapter 41, verse 10. It says, do not, so do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you, I will help you, and I will hold you with my righteous right hand. Oh, man, if you did a word study on about, uh, you know, what it means in the scriptures about being at the right hand of God, that is a place of honor. And in this passage of scripture, we're seeing that Jesus is telling us that I've got you in my righteous right hand. God has you. Whatever you're going through this morning, if, if you're faced with some tough decisions, God has you right in the palm of his hands. And he's going to give you the strength. He's going to do what only he can do in your heart and life. If you, don't, if you haven't gotten anything else out of this message today, take those two scriptures because I promise you this, that if you're not going through a tough time right now, you're headed towards some tough times. We all are. But uh, there will be that time when you're searching for answers, you'll, and you'll find those answers in God's Word. So take those two verses, let them speak, let them sink into your heart and your mind. So what are you unwilling to give up so that others can experience the love, the grace, the mercy, and the forgiveness of Jesus Christ. What are you holding on to today? Let it go. Let it go and follow Christ. The greatest decision that you will ever make in life is to accept Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior and allow him to use you. Find your place of service. It doesn't matter what position or what, how you're serving Christ. Find that place. I promise you'll find more fulfillment, more joy as you're reaching out and touching the hearts and the lives of people. What excuses are you making this morning? Let's stop making excuses. Let's get on with what God has called us to do. And if you haven't accepted him this morning, I want to encourage you as Grant leads us in, in a time of, of praise that uh, you give your heart and your life to the Lord. Or maybe you need to come this morning and just kneel at the altar. Maybe there's some tough things that's going on in your life this morning. Maybe you want to just go up to someone and tap them on the shoulder and say, would you go with me? Would you pray with me? Because there are times that I've found myself that I don't have the words to say. I don't have the words to pray. And I have prayer partners that come and they surround me and they pray for me. And I find strength through God's word. Whatever decision it is that you need to make today, maybe you're looking for a church home. 
Quail Creek is a happening place. God is moving here. You will find people who love Jesus and who love others. So, so you come this morning. Let me pray for you, and then Grant will lead us in a time of, of praise as you make your decisions today. Father, we come before you, Lord. And Father, if, if we don't get anything else from the message today, Father, I pray that for those who are hurting, for those who are struggling today, for those who see that there may not be any hope, God, that you will strengthen them, that you will show them, Lord, that you love them, that you care for them. And Father, that you've got them right in the palm of your hands. Father, I pray that you'll speak to our hearts and our lives today. And Father, whatever decision needs to be made today, Father, we pray that uh, you would give us the strength and the courage to do that. So, Father, we give you this time. Speak to our hearts and our lives. For it's in the name of Jesus that we pray. Amen.